0: Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours, well, give or take, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello
1: and welcome to episode number 184. I'm Schmitty. I'm Zahner. And I'm Zook and you're listening to the episode for the week of Monday, October something. I don't even care. Six. October (laughs) six. It's fall. Fall sucks. Do you know that? I like. Sometimes it's my favorite season. it doesn't, I rest my case. (laughs) Why you got? No, it's getting dark now.
2: Why you got to hate on the leaves turning beautiful colors, the air turning crisp, and the sound of football in the air on a Friday night (laughs) or Sunday afternoon, or Saturday day?
0: We're we're international though, so it's it's fall for half our listeners, and it's spring for the other. This is true.
1: So either this season sucks. Well, or this season is awesome, depending on where you're listening to <laughs> us in. Anywho, uh, this is episode number 184. We are again without Dollface. We do miss her, but she is currently strutting her stuff. Um, and uh, we, there, there's an actual story. She actually is strutting. She's on the runway uh, as we're recording this. Um, and wish her the best. Hopefully, she'll be back next week. Uh, we're brought to you by our friends over at TrekRadio.net, dot com, and Stitcher.com. Also hosted by our wonderful, lovely, talented friends at 48-14.com, the best WordPress hosts on the earth. Now, I can say that. I used to just say they're really awesome because we happen to be on their services and they handle this pretty awesomely. I work in an industry where I deal with a lot of hosts, and I can't tell you the amount of complaints I hear about other WordPress hosts and some of the things people have to put up with. We've never had to deal with any of that from forty-eight fourteen, So I can now confidently say they are the best ones on earth. That's true. And they're all ours. But you can, you can have them too. You know? We'll just share. Head on over to 48-14.com and, and we'll share. We don't have any feedback because all our fans hate us.
0: Oh, that's not true.
1: We, it but, just means
0: we've done such a good job that we don't have any feedback. Bad feedback. Yeah. We've worked through the backlog. Is that it? We
2: don't have anybody <laughs> calling us out for being stupid or wrong.
0: Well, let's fix that, huh?
1: (laughs) Let's get right into the headlines. Let's
2: be stupid and wrong together.
1: Um, Okay, so interestingly, this week, I saw something come across, ironically, my Facebook feed. Uh, And it was from NGadget. NGadget was inviting everyone who followed them on Facebook to head on over to their new L.O. page. What's L.O.? Spelled E-L-L-O. I didn't know. It's a greeting, actually. Yeah. (laughs) By small caterpillars in a David Bowie labyrinth. Um... Sorry, I just went really obscure. Wow,
2: I feel like we've traveled back in time to 1986. Are you wearing a cod dance, piece, baby? Suit? Dance, baby.
1: I am not answering that. The <laughs> webcam stops at my face. You don't need to know what I wear when I record.
2: The question is, does your Connect pick you up when you wear a cod piece, or do you have to take that off as well? <laughs> my Connect actually picks me up better.
1: <laughs> and cut. <laughs> The Connect Soccer exercise is a lot easier to win. Anywho. <laughs>
0: oh, wow. Hey. Okay. Thank God, track.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find us. This- <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, what is Ello? Ello, I followed the link. And sure enough, there is a page with some N-, N Gadget stuff on it. It looked like MySpace circa 1994
2: was myspace around in 1994 it wasn't was it no that's what i thought
0: (laughs) if myspace were or if any social network were created in 1994 it would be this except this is this theme is a little more flat uh which is more modern i guess um
1: what is it it's a new social media it's a new social network wow it's a new social. yes. It's a new social network. And their manifesto, and they call it that, and you can read it on their site, uh, is that no one should be just data. No one should own you. No one should be able to have the right to serve you up ads or track you or do any of that stuff. And that a social network should just be about making social interactions and connecting with friends. And so they have developed this site, which is currently in beta and invite only. You guys remember when uh, when Facebook was invite only? Yeah. Yeah, remember how uh, special you felt when you got that invite? Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> um, I never got that invite. Now. I don't know the feeling of specialness of which you speak. I got
1: five. I was that cool.
0: Well, it's, it's kind of the same thing here. I I remember when everyone was on MySpace. Um, I got onto Facebook because it was a lot less cluttery, uh, or I guess I should say it's a lot less cluttered. Um, you didn't have a, a lot of the you know glittery backgrounds and automatic playlists playing when you went to someone's profile but no one was on facebook and so it was really hard to get people over to to facebook from myspace i see the same thing happening here lo is 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 cleaner um less cluttered but no one's on it and so no one is going to be switching over so the question is is this going to become the new facebook or is this is going to become the new google plus yeah Except it's not integrated with all your Google products, so it's not going to become Google+. Plus. <laughs>
1: well, and that kind of becomes the question, too, because Google+, Plus takes the exact opposite approach to Elo. In Google+, Plus, you are nothing but data. Your right. data with social networking thrown in is an afterthought.
0: It's, hey, give, give us that- all your data, and we'll help you improve your search quality. That's-
1: right, right. I'm not trying to say bad things about it. I'm no. not trying to come down on Google, but that is what it is. Google+, Plus exists only to corroborate your information online with your personal information so they can provide more products to you in your phone or your mobile device or your web searches. And that's okay. You know, some people are fine with that. Some people hate it, but either way, it's a valid way of looking at things. So what's a social network now if it doesn't integrate with anything else? Uh,
0: It's just that it's just a social network. I, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is we've, we've come to the, to the point in our internet world where a social network isn't just social anymore. Isn't just sociality anymore. It's because uh, in my mind, a social network should be just that: just social, just interacting with friends, just interacting with people you know. But now they've become games. They've become places to go and discover new things. They've become places to, in in Facebook's case, get ad advertisements. Um, it's no longer social, and it's more it just like uh, another place. Well, to okay, get is Xbox Live a social network? Yeah. I would say so.
1: But it's also a game network.
0: Yeah, it started out as a game network. And now it's more social. So I see what you're saying. Facebook started as a social network. Um, But but that's what we think about as a social network. When we say social network, we think Facebook. But only a small percentage of Facebook now is actually social.
1: The rest of them is very anti-social. I'm not trying to be cute there, but truly. Um, so the question is, is how, how can a new site like Elo take off and become the quote-unquote social network where you're not just data? I don't know. I honestly don't think that this day and age it can. Now, granted, I have a very, very limited site on this. If you head on over, I think it's just elo.com, uh, and take a look at it, the site is the barest of bones, okay? It looks like it was coded in straight, flat HTML files, um it it even uses old typewriter style fonts okay it's trying to look old there are bulls and board systems that look newer than this thing i have no doubt that it has a much more complex back end but they haven't shown any of that yet and in fact right now we still don't know any features that they're going to come out with so the question is is i mean do you guys remember the one big thing that facebook had over
0: myspace No glittery pages and no auto-playing
1: music playlists? (laughs) Well, okay. People joked about that. And, yeah, I I believe that it was important to them. You could tag friends.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: You couldn't do that in MySpace. It actually created interactions. It created connections between people based on their friends and friends of friends. And, look, you were tagged in this picture with this person. That was what they had. That was their claim to fame. What does this site have that's a good claim to fame? Nothing yet, <laughs> well, guess what? I could have that just sitting at home not talking to anyone
0: yeah well and 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 you bring up a good point that that, that tagging feature while while it seems very benign um, in the back end has a lot of implications, good and bad um you know you go you go shop at amazon or or you're looking through apps on Google Play, and how many times do you see an app or a game um, or a product in amazon 's case where it says, Oh, look at this, it's honor' also looked at this and is interested in this so you might like it it's using your connections and people that um that you've been tagged with in certain instances to help advertise certain things to you based on what you're looking at so it's not necessarily an advertisement it's just hey someone suggested this or or this person also looked at this oh
1: i i'll give another example of that remember that ridiculous plus one yeah that everyone says, "Oh, that one didn't go anywhere." Oh my gosh, that was ridiculous. Well, guess what? Now that I have an Android phone, when I go into the Play Store and I'm looking for an app, and I see Schmitty plus one this, Schmitty and Zon are both plus one this. To me, that goes, "Oh, well, this yeah. app must be at least worth taking a look at." Yeah. Versus, oh, this person plus one it. Yeah, but they're an idiot. I'm going to avoid this thing because it's just going <laughs> to. I'm always fixing their phone for
0: them. <laughs> yeah, it has it has weight to us. I mean, when. It, to me, that that is one social aspect that that is important. Um, it's valuable. And if you if you can't provide that, then then what what good is is a social network? Because because when we get together with friends, we suggest things to people. We talk about things that the other people might like. I'm not going to talk about things that you guys don't like because I know what you guys like and don't like. So it's kind of adding it's value a, to. Social we work.
1: do appreciate you not trying to shove your uh, Harry P- Harry Potter fan fiction down our throat.
0: Oh. I was just going to share it with you, but, oh, well, okay.
1: (laughs) I'll plus one it. So, okay, so uh, we we don't want to spend too much more time talking about a prototype site that you currently can't get onto. But I think the big question is, is can a social media network, or social network, wow, can a social network survive without actual data to support it? Or is it just going to turn into another live space journal? Live journal. (laughs) I am so tired. (laughs) Three weeks of this, people. I've been staying up for three weeks to record shows, and I think it's caught up. I I think we've hit the point of diminishing returns. I'm no longer punchy. Well, it's okay, though,
2: because we still have, Schmitty and I still have another show to record after this. SD Files, you can hear it every Tuesday on StolenDroids.com.
1: The newest episode will be a half hour of them snoring into the mics.
2: (laughs) Or just giggling uncontrollably. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, so we want to know what everyone else thinks. Uh, feedback at Is this? Are you interested in another social network, especially one that potentially couldn't actually add anything for you? Is it worth it to look at it just to maybe not get ads anymore? I don't know. It's, it's a possibility. Um, into some iOS 8 news, because we love ragging on crappy software. I went there. I got to tell you. I didn't you, even
2: try and hide it. My boss <laughs> is a huge Android fan. And for the sake of our job, he actually switched over to iOS today, bought an iPhone 6. All I heard all day long was a string of curse words coming out of his office at high volumes as he was trying to deal with iOS 8. And it's features that are so easy to do in Android that are non existent. It was awesome. (laughs) It was awesome.
1: There is one feature in iOS 8 that was talked about very briefly at the announcement. We haven't talked about it since, but it's the Wi-Fi security feature. Now, you may not know this. Most people don't. But a lot of places that have free and open Wi-Fi or complimentary Wi-Fi, you think that's an awesome service they're providing for you as a customer, right? Well, not just that. They're using their Wi-Fi to track your mobile device. There are actual marketing companies and research companies that get this information from them, that pay them money. Uh, And will track MAC addresses, that is the hardware address of your device, to see where you're going and what you're buying and who you're with and whatnot. And if you think that's kind of, um, you know, Mission Impossible-ish or 1984-ish, no, it's quite real. Every network adapter on the planet has what's called a MAC address. It's like a fingerprint. No two are the same. And with enough data mining, they can attach that MAC address to a particular person, they know who has that device. They know whose phone it is. They know that Zoner walked into this shop, and then he walked past this shop, and here he joined up with uh, with other phones that we identify as his friends or his family.
0: Not just that, but as you're driving down the street, and you, you pass a Starbucks, and you pass a BK, and then you pass an Arctic Circle, they all know that you passed their store. So... It's it's not just where you went, it's also where you drove.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, and it goes it goes beyond that as well. You see it all the time in police procedural movies, they can or dramas, they can track phones even that as they're turned off. They can send commands to turn the phone on, to ping the GPS to find out where it is. Yep. Okay. Privacy advocates have been going nuts about this for years even if it hasn't broken into the mainstream media because it's kind of a scary thing to think about well ios offered a wi-fi security feature that promised to give a null address so if you are in that situation you can turn off wi-fi and even though normally they could still ping the wi-fi's mac address in this case it would return nothing but zeros or it would return a, a random address well hey that sounds pretty awesome right You're out of your house anyway. You don't need to use Wi-Fi. Turn the Wi-Fi off. And then this Wi-Fi security feature kicks in. Well, someone went in and analyzed the code. It turns out the Wi-Fi security feature only counts if you turn off the Wi-Fi, turn off syncing data, turn off cellular data, basically turn your phone off.
0: (laughs) Turn it into a brick.
1: (laughs) Turn it into a brick. Put it in completely into offline mode. Then it works. Then it returns the random MAC address. And even then, a uh, top analyst at a a very large marketing firm said, we can still track you because the random MAC address it's giving off is an invalid one. So all we have to do is say, okay, great, now track the invalid one. It's still (laughs) the same phone.
0: Until everyone starts getting iOS 8 and there's random ones everywhere. It's easy when there's one person with iOS 8 because they can well, track. From just what the they're
1: saying ones. is, it seems to give you the same
2: random one.
0: Oh well, in that case,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. They they say that it's easy to weed out the random max from the real max because they use special signatures. So if you want to sanitize the sample set up before doing your big data an- analysis, that it's possible. So I mean, it's not even really all that beneficial.
1: Well, in a way it is, because now the market analysts now know how many people are using iOS 8.
0: (laughs) Now they have to work overtime. (laughs) uh, Job security.
1: (laughs) Put on a pot of coffee. It's going to be a late night. My question is, if this was never really that big a deal anyway, I mean, let's face it. People freaked out over the Facebook Messenger on Android. Remember when Mm -hmm. the new Facebook Messenger came out and people started looking through all the things it was asking for permission to? They went ape. They didn't even understand half of
2: it. Yep. But they went ape. Well, there was a lot of permissions that it required, or that it said it required. So, obviously, since there's a lot, it's bad. Yeah. Well, (laughs) this is a
1: worse issue. No one even knows about it.
2: Yeah. (laughs) You
1: know? So, I I don't think this really matters to people. But, hey, if Mm. iOS is going to do something, it's going to do it half-cocked. Good job. Um... Let's talk about another failure that evidently is not a failure, and I'm kind of tired of it now.
2: Blackberry. <laughs> Are we, we eating crow enough on this blackboard. one, or? Huh? I was actually talking ah. to my family earlier tonight about eating crow. I hear it tastes very gamey.
0: He's <laughs> <laughs> okay. seasoned it just right.
2: <laughs> I hear it's okay, not very so, good and you know if if that's the case then that we have to eat crow tonight because of Blackberry then whatever I'll deal with it.
1: Evidently Blackberry is not dying anymore. They just released their latest uh results from the last fiscal year or the last fiscal ke- period actually, a quarter. And this last quarter they posted a net loss of 207 million dollars. Part of me still wonders how you can possibly consider that a success when you've lost $207 million. But compared to a year ago, the same quarter, the previous CEO, the one before John Chen, Thorsten Hertz, whatever, lost $950 million. So that's impressive. So
2: they've, they've reduced it by, what, 75%? Is that math?
1: I mean, if the math holds, next year they could stand to make a profit of $500 million assuming this is a linear progression, which we know it won't be, but for the sake of this argument, we'll we'll stick with. Now, it says that they mainly did this by selling 3.4 million licenses of BlackBerry Enterprise Server, something which I'm fairly certain we started telling them to do when we first started this show. But hey, whatever. John Chen, he's, you know, he's my peep. He's my homie. We we Asians stick together. Um, That didn't sound racist at all, right?
2: At least I didn't say y'all look alike.
1: The the question remains, and this is the same question we brought up a few weeks ago, is the Passport, their new Square phone, right? Uh, The one with the 1600 by 1600 resolution. Will this take off? Or will it drop them back down to a net loss of $350 million?
2: I saw a review on it the other day that was fairly positive. However, looking at the phone, I couldn't take it seriously.
1: Well, okay, let's ask the question here. We have been predicting the downfall of BlackBerry for three years. Three Three and a half years, okay? We have been predicting it every single episode. And it has yet to die. Is it better, then, to be Samsung and hit the low-hanging fruit? You know, be, be everything to the masses and be an unspecialized device, or... Is it better to really hone your craft and make like an artisan style prod- product for a very specific niche of consumer?
2: And do a Because boldly. that seems to
1: be what BlackBerry does. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. They, <clears throat> excuse me, they um, really just kind of throw their stuff out there for a specialized market. They're not trying to appeal to the masses. But you look at some of their advertising and it seems like they're trying to appeal to the masses, which confuses me. I don't understand how they, how they do that. And maybe that's why they have failed so badly in the past. You know, they'd they be bold, but they be sucky maybe, as you know, well at
1: it. Maybe they're only t- uh, appearing to fail. Because you're right. If they're marketing to the everyman, they're going to fail but for every every man that doesn't buy their phone maybe there's an executive who does so maybe it's kind of a wash for them i don't know and and, and this is something we hear all the time from people who use blackberries they always have one kind of statement to say you say well why didn't you get a galaxy s5 why didn't you get an lg g3 why didn't you get anything else <laughs> well i don't want that this is what i want And so that's what they've been doing. They've been playing to that crowd. This is what I want, and this is the best one of what I want ever.
2: You know, it kind of reminds me, BlackBerry kind of reminds me of a company uh, that we all used to work for that does high-end mainframe and server-type hardware. And I was talking with a college professor of mine a few years ago who actually worked at this company uh, back in the 80s, I believe. And he said that this is the perfect example of a company that has no real identity, no real direction. However, they will never die because they are so firmly entrenched in the market. Is that what BlackBerry is? BlackBerry is just too firmly entrenched. They have too loyal of a following. We talk about the Mac and the Apple cultists. Do we have BlackBerry cultists out there who are actually keeping BlackBerry alive? Is that what's happening here?
0: I don't know if they're cultists, but I, I think they do have a very firm footing in in the enterprise area. So
1: I don't know if I agree with that. I would, I would have agreed with that a few years ago. The last company I worked for that I was working, they, they had a dedicated BlackBerry enterprise server. And as soon as I introduced a server that could handle all that same stuff, but for any type phone, the entire executive staff all jumped ship to Android and iPhone immediately. Yeah, okay. It didn't matter that the company bought them a phone, but only if it was a BlackBerry, they went out and spent their own money to buy anything else. Yeah.
0: Well, there, I'm pretty sure there are still some companies who use um, BlackBerry enterprise services where you have to, as, as an employee, you have to have BlackBerry to use their email or their messaging just so they can keep things secure within the company. Whether or not they have an Android or iPhone outside of work is entirely up to them, but to do work things they must have a BlackBerry. I I kind of get the sense there are still a lot of businesses that are doing that. So Yeah,
1: that's a good point um let's move on because i think we've in three and a half years i think we've said all we can really say about blackberry (laughs) if ever we say anything about blackberry again in any other episode it's because something evidently huge went down or because they finally went out of business
2: can we agree on that i think we're gonna keep talking about them because they're the cockroach of the tech world (laughs) (laughs) On that note, why don't we just move on to another story? Just leave me there, hanging to dead silence, guys. I'm going to put
0: a BlackBerry article in every episode now.
1: And I will ignore it. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about some Android stuff. Cyanogen. Cyanogen Inc. is the company that makes Cyanogen Mod. Now, if you don't know what Cyanogen Mod is, chances are good you're not an Android user. Uh, It is a custom interface, originally just a custom ROM of Android that you had to root your phone to get on there. Originally started as just kind of a way for it to get additional features that the creator wanted. It grew considerably and kind of became its own distribution of Android. Yeah. So much so that the new OnePlus One phone doesn't come with Android. It comes with Cyanogen Android. Now, okay, if you're less technical, you may be questioning yourself, what's the difference? Android itself is... Vanilla Android is an open-source operating system that is distributed in part by Google. A lot of other companies then go in and add their own interface on top of it. Samsung has the TouchWiz. HTC has the Sense. LG has whatever LG has. I forget the name. Yeah. And they're often referred to as interfaces or overlays, but really it is their ROM. They have tweaked enough to it to make it theirs. Cyanogen has grown into their own, and it's actually the first credible threat to Google when it comes to Android distributions. Frankly, if people are given the option between whatever their phone came with versus Cyanogen, most people choose Cyanogen.
2: And I, I have used Cyanogen ROMs in the past. They're good. They are good. Yeah, they are.
0: Yeah, there, there, there's talk that... Um, so. So the the article we have here is uh that Sundar Pichai from Google um he approached uh CyanogenMod and uh was turned down um after expressing an interest to buy them um and it, we really don't know why Google uh wanted to buy CyanogenMod, but there's 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 the thought is that they just wanted to get rid of the competition um my thoughts on this are, I, I think they're after the technology. Um, and as, as Honor said, CyanogenMod really is really good. Uh, I mean, on top of all the other options they give you, they give you root access to the phone. to You can do more things with that. Um, but for some reason, CyanogenMod always performs better than regular you know, Android, even for Nexus devices. Um, they give you more control over... Audio. they have they have a full-blown equalizer built in uh, just, just a lot of features that that for some reason Android either has never thought of implementing or or hasn't figured out yet so that not to yeah yeah so they' it's it, I kind of wonder if if they're trying to get uh, the, the technologies or, or the, the brains behind that um, and there, there's even some uh, when you get sanjin mod 11 and uh, run the art runtime, uh, which which I had problems with before. We we talked about it in a previous show. Um, CyanogenMod runs it like a champ. I mean, it's they CyanogenMod has figured out the art runtime. It's yeah. it's got it solid. So long uh, story short,
1: Cyanogen is a better Android than Google's Android. Yeah, which is why it's not surprising that Google went and approached them and tried to buy them.
2: Well, it's also it is surprising though in that Google doesn't do Android as well as they do. I mean, I don't think that's surprising at that, all. That, that really surprises I have, I have, me.
1: I have said for a long time now, uh, and in some areas I'm probably more accurate than in others, to be fair. But I've said for a very long time that Google is doing too many things at once to really focus on any one thing and do it awesome.
2: Yeah, that's a, you that's know? a good and point. I think,
1: and I think Android is definitely one of those. It does enough to keep it competitive, but it's not its baby. No. No, getting your money And your data from Android, that's its baby. Yep. (laughs) So now, kind of surprisingly, Cyanogen turned them down and then turned around and went to some C-level investors and is trying to evaluate itself at $1 billion as a company. That I'm not really sure about. A billion dollars is a lot of money and is a project that started on the XDA forums with a donate now button worth that (laughs) when really all they're doing is making a customized version of free software yeah you know what i'm saying that's true
2: yeah however somebody remember remember
0: minecraft was worth 2.5 billion and in some people's eyes that's that's probably a lot less technical
2: than than mod so because they have bad graphics, they're like they're like from the eighties, man.
0: Well, that's why I say in some people's eyes, because what they don't know is they can install other resource packs. Exactly, and textures, so.
2: exactly. But you know, <laughs> anyway, the interesting the, the interesting thing about this though is that you look at some of the companies that have been sold in the last year, or rather acquired in the last year, things like Snapchat, uh, Instagram. I mean, these companies have sold for a lot of money. Yeah. And they have a whole lot weaker track record history-wise than Cyanogen does.
1: This is true. This is very true. So, I don't know. Maybe we're just looking at this through older eyes going is any software skin really worth a billion dollars? But you're but Zoner's absolutely right. There are companies with less that have sold for more. So, it's worth looking into. Um, moving on into HP news. Hey, remember that laptop that was going to come out for $200 and then it came out and it was actually closer to three to hundred dollars. Um, oh, then another one came out and it actually is $200. I really wish HP could just make up its mind sometimes, <laughs> you know, um, this is another HP stream. It is the smaller version. Like we previously talked about, there was going to be a whole bunch in the family. And this was this one. Um, it is, I believe a 13 point. No, this one is the 11 inch. 11.6-inch laptop. Um, It has 32 gigs of flash storage. It has an Intel Celeron processor and is $200. Not much more information than that. They also have a 7-inch and 8-inch tablet running full Windows 8.1 that are 7 and 8 inches each. So it seems like it's a lot less... Um, oh, I'm sorry. The seven and eight inches are going for ninety nine and one hundred forty nine dollars. I didn't actually say that correctly, but um, I don't know. Two hundred dollars for a thirty two gigabyte Windows eight laptop with an eleven inch screen.
0: Still worth is still a Chromebook competitor. I would say so. I and I only say that because, um, the, well, about three years ago, four years ago, maybe I got I got my wife a netbook. Um, i think i think it was an hp i I really don't remember anymore um and she loved it it was was clunky um it was 11 inch screen and despite its clunkiness she really loved it um it died eventually um and she was really saddened by that but then um i i borrowed a chromebook from from a friend and let her try that and it wasn't the same um it, it was a bigger screen but uh and that may have had something to do with it, but I, th- I think it was just the Windows thing and the, you know the small compactness of it and um, the keyboard. Uh, it had a keyboard on it, um, so I, I think this will ap- appeal to uh, well, for one, my wife. But I, I think there, I think there's definitely um, people out there that that either miss netbooks or, or think that that's something that they could use. You know. I would like to point out here that about a year ago Schmidt
1: vehemently defended Chromebooks against me. Went yeah. on and on about how a Chromebook is all his wife needs and she's using one right now and that's all she needs. And I'm going, "Yeah, but does she
0: like it?" Yeah. And you just kept saying, "But it's all she needs." <laughs> it is all she needs except it's not all she wanted. Uh, granted she does like solitaire. Um we tried a few Chrome like Chrome Solitaire apps, they weren't the same. She it's the laptop Microsoft she needs, Solitaire. but not the one she deserves. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, you know the, so thing I, that, I the thing that jumps out to me about this is the price. And my first thinking is they come with Windows 8. How cheap is a Windows 8 license now? Because I remember I remember back in the day spending two hundred, two hundred fifty bucks for a Windows license. Now you can buy a with whole Microsoft. freaking computer.
1: Microsoft went on record and said that if you can make your own device with a screen size of less than four inches, you get a free license. I mean, that's... Now, I know that sounds dumb, four inches. That's ridiculous, right? But with the new thing that we'll talk about here towards the end of the show, um, that could really mean something.
2: It could. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So uh, let's move on here uh, into some uh, Netflix news. This was kind of a surprising announcement. Netflix is getting first run rights for a movie coming out that made me squee. Um, In fact, I think I actually did that directly into group chat with you guys earlier this week. I believe you did. Yeah. (laughs) Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon 2 is coming out in theaters. And the same day it's coming out in theaters, it's also going to be available on Netflix.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, Is this a sign of things to come or is it just because it's just kind of a Chinese Kung Fu movie?
0: I I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a sign of things to come. We've talked about video on demand in the past um, and the possibility of, of videos coming out the same day of their um, silver screen release, but for a premium price, like $60, $50, something like that. But this is coming out uh, for no extra cost to Netflix subscribers, which is really big. Um, If this sets the precedent for future movies, it could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. Um, and, and then the reason why I say that is because Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, although it's go- it, the sequel is going to be really good, um, it's not really like an A-list movie. It's not a Guardians of the Galaxy, if you will. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I was thinking about this earlier. The people that are going to see Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in IMAX are still going to go, despite the fact they can see it on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Um, people on Netflix... There, there will probably be more people that see this on opening day just for the fact that it's on Netflix. However, if the if the title doesn't do as well in the movie theater, they're going to blame this on, on Netflix or the fact that it came out on Netflix. So it, if this happened to something like Guardians of the Galaxy movie sales would not have gone down cuz people that want to see in the theater will still go um, and it would be a good thing they say oh this was a good thing let's keep doing it in this instance it might be a really bad thing cuz movie sales are going to do okay and even if they even if they gross a lot of money uh, for for a movie like this they're still going to blame it on Netflix and it might kill the idea entirely
2: well if you look at the box office earnings over the past few years—they've steadily been going down. I believe I could be wrong. Squishy would have to have to correct me on that, but I, I believe that they've been going down. In fact, I think that I heard the other day that Guardians of the Galaxy was the first movie this year to hit three hundred million dollars or something like that worldwide. Uh, where in the past, the way that they, the way that they posed the story, that was like a common thing worldwide takes on movies of that caliber and so is this i i could be completely wrong i i could just be making stuff up but that's let's go with that yeah that's that's my (laughs) understanding so is this you know are they seeing the writing on the wall and saying well people aren't going to the movies we want people to see our movie so let's do a deal with the way that people will be able to see the movie or are they going to look at this and say you know what this is just bad, you know, even, even maybe, though, even though people probably wouldn't have gone to see it anyways, based on the trends, they didn't go see it. And Netflix is to blame.
1: Maybe it's more than that. Okay. Most people don't realize this, but when a studio releases a movie, it actually has to pay theaters to take the movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they do.
1: Okay. especially IMAX. It's even yeah, especially IMAX. Yeah. And that's why sometimes you'll see a movie that only came out in, you know, 400 screens, and it's been in theaters for a couple months, suddenly go on to an additional 2,000 screens. What that means is it did a lot better than anyone expected, and they released it to more. Okay, Maybe they're simply saying, we don't think this is going to get a huge theatrical release, but hey, if it's convenient and it's already in people's living rooms, those type of people will still see it. This is true. I'm kind of hoping this has an opposite effect, actually, that in two years' time, this is all just per the norm and when we go see episode 8 of Star Wars in theaters it is such the norm that all the really annoying people are still at home because they can watch it on Netflix or on their phone or on their tablet like Philistines and we're free to actually sit in the theater and enjoy it
2: (laughs)
0: fingers crossed and they can't dress up and they can't dress up and show off their cool costumes there's There's gonna be some guy
1: at the end of Star Wars episode 8 going
2: that's the red skull Stupid bros.
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah. For more information, you can uh, head on over to Squishy's Comics and Movies. Uh, Dr. Squishy does talk about this much more in depth, and he knows more about it than we do. We just kind of pretend. Hey, uh, let's talk about Groove Shark. No, let's talk about another another movie headline that Squishy also talked about. The Tetris
2: movie. The Tetris Um, movie. (laughs) What the crap? I think this is a sign that the apocalypse is nigh. Yeah, so this is a
0: an actual movie, The Threshold Entertainment. Um and it, you would think, well how how could they do a Tetris movie? Is it is it about someone who plays Tetris? Um is it a whole bunch of Tetris blocks running around killing people? No. This these are Tetris blocks falling from the sky. Um and someone has to save the world. It's um, a disaster movie. It's <laughs> it's an epic sci-fi. Um it, it, and you know what? The odd thing is, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. You, you think about you think about sci-fi, and you usually think. That I think I think you have thought so hard on it that you've actually circled back around. <laughs> You're about to loop
1: your lap yourself in thinking about it.
0: I am. Well, and that's what happens in Tetris. After level thirty, you go back to level one anyway. So, <laughs> um, if you think about most sci-fi movies, you know you have aliens or you have uh, some some sort of. Um, it, Okay, you have aliens or robots. Either it's it's usually one of the two, and there's usually one way to defeat them. Um, in inside of virus it was water. to mothership um, in Mars attacks, it was uh, no, I don't even music, remember. <laughs> music. Um, and in but Tetris, it's it seems like it's not aliens or robots. It's just blocks, and that could have the potential of being a really good sci-fi movie because it's something that breaks the paradigm from sci-fi we're used to. The
1: last time an alien block landed on our planet, it gave us Michael Bay's Transformers. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to this. I'm just saying.
0: Okay. You, you have that. But this isn't directed <laughs> by Michael Bay, so... Not Yet. nearly enough
1: explosions when Yet. you get a full Tetris.
2: Give it time. They'll probably bring them on.
1: <laughs> Besides, if they're all landing on Earth, technically, isn't this Tetrisphere? Mm
0: that's a good point
2: <laughs> you know i would much rather see a movie based on Weltress than tetris
0: Weltress would be cool but hard harder to film indeed indeed it's all shot in 4k Tetris <laughs> okay. that was my favorite xbox live game
1: let's go into <laughs> the other headline i was going to talk about groove shark groove shark is a oh, <laughs> i want to say little known but that's not accurate because in it's-, its day it was the music site before Spotify came to American Shores uh, when Pandora was still carving out a niche for itself, there was Groove Shark. Mm-hmm. However, Groove Shark was also one that was always fraught with legal problems, and it turns out for a very good reason, it
0: was only they a kept, little more legal than than BitTorrenting. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, well, it turns out that Groove Shark took your local library and uploaded it to the system, allowing you to listen to things um, wherever you were. Well, what's the problem with that? Google Play services kind of do something like it, and so does uh, iTunes AirPlay or iTunes iCloud service as well, right? Well, the difference is is that Apple and Google have paid for those licenses, and technically they're not distributing it to other people, whereas in Grooveshark, maybe you were. Perhaps I had a super rare copy of Landed by Ben Folds 5 where it's the string quartet version and I'm the only one with it but Schmidty searches for it and sees that I have it and so he starts listening to it from my library.
0: Well, that is it, against copyright. It it didn't quite work like that. Uh, it how it worked was if I if I uploaded my uh 2 album um it it stored it and I could play it um then, then if zook uploaded his youtube al- album it would see oh someone already has this data they've already uploaded it so we're just going to tell zook that we uploaded it and then start using schmitty's data so that that's kind of how it worked and it's although it seems like you're doing it legally it's it's not
1: legal. Yeah. well it went one step further uh, on monday cuz it turns out that the ceo and many of the employees were going out and finding music, and I'm using air quotes here, finding music <laughs> and copying it straight into the servers, which turns this from in, from a music locker service to basically me just bit-torrenting a whole bunch of music and streaming it out for you, <laughs> which I'm fairly certain is quite illegal. And uh, they agreed. The judge actually agreed. Uh, and so the CEO and many of their employees and officers uh, have been slapped with a lot of copyright infringement uh, fines. Yay them. Yep. And for once I can't find fault in the legal systems handling of this. That was totally illegal. And very stupid. Yes. Um, into some sports ball news, kind of.
2: Yay, sports. <laughs> Black um, specifically, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know how we were talking about with all the cell phone tracking thing, how there's big issues that are well known and established, but few people truly know about them or understand them. And it's because a lot of corporations or people want to keep it that way. The biggest one of these has been perpetuated for longer than I've been alive is the sports blackout. Now, if you don't know what this is, it's probably because you don't watch a lot of sports, but it was a provision put in. Place by the NFL and by other sports leagues with the FCC that stated that they could not broadcast local games or games that weren't sold out to the local uh, neighborhood. Now I kind of slaughtered that, so bear with me here. We live in Utah. Our local NBA team is the Jazz, the NBA, the Utah Jazz. Okay, so we could not go on to ESPN and watch a Jazz game. Because the Jazz were our local team, unless that game was sold out. The reason being was because, and this isn't 100% accurate, I'm just using it for an example. The reason being is because, one, the Jazz wanted you to actually go there and pay for a ticket to see it. They didn't want you to sit at home and watch it for free. That doesn't get them any money. And two, because they have a, an exclusive broadcast agreement with a local station, appropriately here, called KJazz.
2: Which they happen to own.
1: Right. Um, And in that way, they could get more money. I say this isn't 100% accurate because you don't see it a lot in basketball, but we don't have a football team here. the so. Jazz never sells out. <laughs> it, it, yeah, and the Jazz never sell out. It
2: actually does happen, though, with the Jazz here in Utah. Oh, okay. It, yeah, it to a degree. Ha- but, it, it's happened, yes.
1: But Sunday football fans are much more familiar with the NFL blackout policy. They've been dealing with it for years. You want to see an NFL game? Got to buy DirecTV's ticket, NFL ticket. And by the way, I guess who gets most of that money. NFL. And if you want to watch your local team, you can't. This has been an ongoing thing for years. The FCC finally, unanimously voted no more. You do not get to do that anymore. The times have changed. Technology has, technology has changed. And you're charging a freaking arm and a leg just to get to a stadium. No more. And they have done away with the blackout. This will not go into effect for a couple of years. But then it goes one step further. See, even though they got rid of the blackout, the NFL still maintains that they can have exclusive broadcast partners, to which two senators in uh, in Congress, and I forget which ones they are, one of them's Al Franken, because he's good enough, and he's smart enough, and people just like him. And the other one, I can't remember, but they've said that if the NFL continues to do that, they will lose their exempt status for um, being a monopoly, and they'll actually get hit with antitrust litigation. Yeah. Why are we talking about it on this show? Because it uses technology, and it's a, time, it's a sign of changing broadcast times, and I think it's just cool.
2: Well, you know, I'd be interested to see what happens with some antitrust legislation brought against some of these sports organizations just because of the fact that they're, they're the biggest rackets out there.
1: Right. <laughs> well, we talk about monopolies when it comes to tech companies all the time, right? Because it's obvious that way. I didn't even consider a sports organization that way until I was reading this. Yeah. Oh, but it yeah. totally makes sense. Yeah,
2: Major League Baseball has has had a monopoly, and and they get all these exemptions, and it's been that way for years and years, and it's just how it is.
0: You know, crossing it more into tech, I wonder if if this next uh, if this Netflix same day release works really well, maybe the sports industry can learn from that and and get a, you know get rid of blackouts entirely. I would if, love if people sports want. on Netflix. Yeah.
1: That would be, oh my gosh, can you imagine being able to buy a game on Netflix? I want to buy whatever <laughs> game, and yeah. it's $8 for the game. And you never have to worry about local ads or ads in general. You just get the straight raw stream with the commentators. If the game goes long, it's okay because you're not limited by a broadcast schedule.
0: And NFL still gets paid for it.
1: Exactly. That's genius. That's genius. Did you just come up with that?
0: Um, no, I've been thinking about it for a while, actually.
1: <laughs> uh, if you're interested in Schmidt's idea, you can contact <laughs> us at feedback at stolen Um Okay, so um, this is just like a throwaway headline George Clooney got married. Yay, yeah. why do we care?
0: <laughs> Literally, TMZ now?
1: <laughs> well, okay. The reason why I put this in here, because I thought this is hilarious. George Clooney, of course, I know it because he was in Oceans 11 and 12 and 13. And what are they using throughout the entire series? Burner They're phones. using burner phones. Phones that aren't actually associated with an account. that don't have a history. They buy them. Single use. Get rid of them. Okay. Very hard for law enforcement to track. He must have learned something from his time on the set because at his wedding, he made everyone turn in their cell phones and gave them all burner phones. Yeah. So and then had them turn the burner phones back in when they were done. They sold the f- photography rights to a specific photographer, Vogue. And this and this way they could track who had taken what phones with the bur- w- what pictures with the burner phones and who was responsible for leaking them online. Yeah. Which is kind of an ingenious use of a burner f- phone for the opposite purpose of what it was intended.
0: <laughs> Yeah, and in this, in this case, he had full control over all the data, and I I think that's brilliant. There, there's still ways around it, but... I oh, mean,
1: sure, there's ways around it. But I'm like, man, someone actually... Wa- he was in the movies, and he learned from it. That's yeah. insane.
0: <laughs> I'm just wondering if the, um, the little uh, Chinese dude popped out of the cake in the middle of the... Oh, I movie. hope so. <laughs> I can't remember his name, but... You know the guy in Ocean's Eleven that was doing all those yeah. really cool stunts. Chinese, yeah, I'm sure it was
1: Yen or Chen or Yang or something. Like Tiger that. or Jackie. He spoke um,
0: Chinese and everyone understood him, even though they no didn't. One else um,
1: other headline here: Tesla announced quite cryptically um, a new thing coming out, known currently as the Tesla D, um, and people proceeded to lose their minds. Yeah. At and Elon Musk then tweeted, "Oh." I thought we were talking about something else. Well, it's a good thing I didn't mention that other letter then. <laughs> what are you freaking Edward Nigma now? I don't know what, what's
0: going on yeah, now. Yeah, for, first, he tweeted about time to unveil the D and something else, and so other people were were starting to, you know, say, "Well, what does the D stand for?" and this and that. And uh, some of some of the things people were coming up with were were vulgar, and and that's when he said, "Oh, I'm glad I didn't reveal the other letter." then. <laughs> so uh, there there's talks that this might be um the affordable sedan that that he's been That wasn't supposed to come out until next year though right right uh well and this is, this would be the announcement October ninth is the announcement for it so this this would make sense that it might be the sedan, but there's something else that we still don't know what that's we haven't even heard rumors of that so it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see that one. and uh that's October ninth is the announcement, so we'll hopefully that'll be the time for our next recording so. We'll, we'll update you. We'll know more then.
1: Yep. Okay, last headline. Uh, not much of a headline, but at the same time, kind of important stuff. Microsoft did announce the next version of Windows like we were talking about last week and completely screwed with our brains because they released Windows 10. <laughs> I want to, stre- to paint a picture for you of what this was like. I'm we working all from home. I'm on two and a half hours of sleep. Everything th- is sort of in a dream state.
0: I was on three hours of sleep.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were all kind of sleep deprived and we're all watching the live blog happen and he talks about Windows 10 and I'm just still watching it like I'm waiting for the thing to start before I realized, wait, it's already started and they've already given us the name of the product and it still doesn't make any sense. For the next two hours, I was confused. <laughs> Schmidty mentioned that it felt like he was waiting to wake up and then hop online to watch the Windows live blog. Like none of this had actually happened. The next day... I was still waiting for the shoe to drop and them to say, ha, huh, it was such a funny joke. No, we're joking. It's Windows 9. N- no, it's, it's Windows 10.
2: Wouldn't that be funny yes. if they made a mistake and it was really supposed to be Windows 9, but the guy just mistakenly said Windows 10 and then just had to roll with it? Oh, crap, throw up the other slide. So,
1: so they open it up for a Q&A session at the end of the presentation. And we'll get into the presentation here in a little bit. We don't have a lot of time to dwell on it. But the very first question I want to say was from Gizmodo. Uh, don't you guys think it's a little weird to be skipping 9 and going straight to 10? And their BS answer, I'm a Microsoft fan, and I'm calling their BS on this, was... We're quite confident that when you see all the things that we've added to it, that 10 just fits it better.
0: (laughs) You'll agree with our... (laughs) Like
1: what? It's one size up in the dress department? How does this make it fit any better? Yeah. Now, there is a rumor going around, and it's a pretty well-substantiated rumor. This came out today on Thursday when we're recording this, that possibly the real reason they're calling it 10. And, and just in case anyone's wondering where the numbers come from, we don't know. Because <laughs> my laptop here is running Windows 8.1, which is technically Windows version 6.3 running build 9600. So they're they're arbitrary practically. There is a version tree. There is a a project tree and a routing. The only thing that's not arbitrary
0: is the build number. That's the only thing that's not arbitrary.
1: Yeah. And Windows 10 so far is build number, I think, 9830 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, But the reason why people are saying that possibly they did this was because they went through old legacy code and found that a lot of very lazy coders went in there and in their programs said, look for Windows version 9. And then a wildcard of course it's looking for 95 or 98. 98. But the problem is, is that if that code is not optimized or not done correctly, or isn't looking for the right version number, it will catch windows nine, the same as it catches windows
0: 95. Yeah. And And they couldn't get around that. I was talking with, with people at work about this and they're saying, well, big deal. How many programmers are, are coding with, with that specific uh, conditional statement? Um, Most all of them. well, Well, that's the thing. Most of them aren't now anymore because Windows 95 and 98 are so far in the past. However, that piece of code shows up everywhere in Java. And not just everyone's Java programs, but in the actual Java build. Java 7, Java 8, it's in actual Java. And how many programs do we know that run in Java
1: well, and it's not, lot of you're right that a lot of programs that were built for 95 and 98 are long past gone, but how many programs do a version check at the very beginning and then tell you, sorry, this program can't run on this version of windows.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and all, Modern all programs of do the same do. thing. Yeah. But most of them now, most, most programmers now are, 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 are practicing, you know, good practices and, and putting full numbers or they're using build numbers in this case. Um, but, but the, mo- the, biggest, um, uh, the biggest offender in this case is Java. Mo- uh, I think they found over 4,000 instances just in the Java builds alone where it checks for the version number this way. So yeah. anything that runs Java is going, going to r- have this issue. The question becomes, why
1: the crap did they give it a number name to begin with? Because yeah. they surely knew that people were
0: going to notice we jumped from 8.1 to 10, it- Right if you're going with a a number naming convention and you and you all of a sudden decide not to go in order why are you still on that number naming convention <laughs> it's all you've done is they made people question so your pack so much to count.
2: in they pack so much in that it'll be you'll see <laughs> you'll see
1: But yeah. yeah. 10 feels right yes they could have named it anything they did point out that they thought about calling it windows 1 spelled out o n e right uh and and the reason i, I brought up earlier that uh, windows is free for anything under four inches because it is one windows um uh main framework now across all devices no more windows rt none of this stuff it's just gonna be one windows which is quite cool but they did accurately point out that they had a windows one it was the very first version they've already had that
2: <laughs> yeah that would just confuse yeah, archaeologists in the future it's like wait a minute they were going it still would have made sense time. because
0: they have the xbox one which isn't confusing because there was a first Xbox that I called yeah. the Xbox One. So I, I, think, I think Windows One would have made a lot more sense um, in, that, in that aspect.
1: See, I think Windows Prime would have worked, but then they would have gotten sued by Amazon. <laughs> anyway, okay, so we need to go into what Windows 10 has. I've installed the technical preview at work. Um, it has a lot of features that don't really work yet. So don't worry about Windows 10, what it has, because it's going to change by the time it launches. Yay!
0: Same, yeah, same happened with Windows 8 and no, yeah, the features just don't work yet.
1: Yet, <laughs> And they flat out said, if you don't know what BIOS are, if you don't know how to rebuild a partition table, if you wouldn't consider yourself an out-and-out expert with computers, please don't install this technology preview. It doesn't work yet. It's going to have things that are going to change. Possibly daily things are going to change. Don't yeah. install this if you don't know what you're doing. If you do know what you're doing, please go ahead and install this and let us know what you think. Yep. So, yeah should prove to be interesting. Okay, into our favorites this week. Uh, My favorite actually comes from a PBS show. PBS actually turns out to have a huge web presence because it's a lot cheaper to actually produce web content than TV shows, which makes sense. And this one is handling sci-fi space battles. It's on a show called It's Okay to Be Smart which I love that title. And it's talking about the actual problems you see in sci-fi space battles that you see on TV shows and movies and how inaccurate they all are. It talks about Newton's laws of motion, what, why a broadside is so inaccurate, how lasers can't really be used, uh, and artillery can't either, not to mention how armor wouldn't really work or thrust or really anything, and how space battles are really going to look less like Star Wars and more like asteroids, it's worth checking out. It's only six minutes. It's really cool. And they have actually a lot of different cool videos as well. So I have a new favorite channel to watch. That's mine for the week.
0: Cool. Uh, my favorite um, is by a guy named Alan Becker. Uh, he is an animator. Um, and this this video is a, lo- a long time in the making. Um, his last one was three years ago. Uh, it's called Animator versus Animation. This is the fourth, um, fourth one in the series. And these are awesome. If you haven't seen the first three, I strongly urge you to go watch it. Um, it's, the basic idea behind it is he he's animating a stick figure and it comes to life, um, and and it's it's just awesome what what he uh, what he comes up
2: with to do. So uh, check this out and uh, check the first three out as well. And my favorite this week in honor of the Walking Dead making his triumphant return in season five on October twelfth, I believe it is some bad lip reading for Walking Dead season 4 and you know it's pretty much what you would expect bad lip reading, highly entertaining <laughs> well mildly entertaining I should say but then it becomes highly entertaining uh, for about the last half of it as Carl starts rapping and then the walkers start performing backup vocals and it just gets more and more awesome so check it out You can't handle
1: his flow, son. (laughs) All right. Well, that is our show this week. Again, let us know what you're thinking, uh, what you'd like to hear more of, and any uh, tips you might have. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Or give us a call at 801-917-GEEK. Find us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Plus us. It's a verb. Sure. We'll go with that. Um, Or you can LL us. I sure hope that doesn't become a thing. Uh, Until next time. Cheers.
2: (laughs) End of line. Good day.
0: This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.